and welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. Harvest Church is based in sunny Durban, South Africa. We are a family of believers who are passionate about Jesus. We really hope this message inspires you today. So friends, what I want to speak about today in the beginning of 2021 is really a reminder, a reminder and an encouragement to stay devoted. I don't want to bring anything new, no prophetic insight, not what I think is going to happen in 2021 or even the, what the prophetic voices are saying at this time or what they aren't saying at this time. So I want to bring us a reminder, friends, of some unchanging biblical protocols. There's changing government protocols. There's changing health protocols. We don't know if our children are going to go to school. We don't know what work's going to look like. There's a whole lot of things that we don't know, and there's a whole lot of things that are changing consistently. But my encouragement today and my reminder is that we need to stay devoted to those things that are unchanging. We've got unchanging biblical protocols that we can stick to, we can we can stay firm and we can be stable. Let there be peace in our hearts as we enter into this new year, 2021. Uh, Ed Stetzer, a book I'm reading, Christians in the Age of Outrage, How to Bring Our Best When the World is at Its Worst. He says this, says our world today, or at least part of it, seems awash in anger and division, hostility and fear pandemics, wars, and rumors of wars. Outrage is all around. So you and I have to decide how we're gonna walk through this. We're living in a day, and this is indeed our moment, when we need to live like Christ as gospel Christians in the midst of shouting and anger and hatred and confusion and fear and chaos and trauma. You and I have to decide how we're going to walk through this. Friends, I want to remind us, and uh, I'm going to go to 2 Peter from the NIV, from 2 Peter 1 verse 1 until 13, as Peter reminds us of what we need to do at this time. And I'll go to verse 12 quickly before I read it. It says, I always remind you of these things, even though you know them, and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. Friends, I want to remind you of things that you know. I want to remind you of things that you are firmly established in. I want to remind you of the truth that you now have. All of these things that you know, but I want to remind us as a body that there's certain things that we need to stay devoted in Otherwise, the world and its noise and the chaos and the unknowns are going to draw us to engage with fear, to engage with conspiracy theories, to engage with unhealthy biblical practices, unhealthy theologies. We have to stay in what we know, friends. We have to be rooted and grounded in His Word, in His faithfulness, in His love, and we need to remain steadfast on the rock, and in His name is Jesus. Let me read 2 Peter 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, 
to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. He says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. In another translation, it says, be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Through the knowledge, friends, it's what we know that's going to carry us. Verse 3, he says, his divine power, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. He says, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and having escaped the corruption of this world and in this world caused by evil desires. Peter tells us then, he says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and self-control to perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and mutual affection love. And he says this, for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. You'll never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. And, and friends, as a pastor, as a, as a shepherd, as, as leading people, um, I really want to encourage us to stay devoted. This is from my heart to, to your homes as a, as a pastor, to stay devoted in those things that we do know. Stay devoted in the things that we are convinced with and convinced in, that our convictions remain steadfast in a world that is ever-changing. And what I want to do today with Peter's encouragement, I want to go to the book of Acts, and I want to share with us something that we do know but maybe we should start practicing it again because some of these things we stop practicing because of life and we say this thing, life happens, but actually we need to say to ourselves, we need to be established in the fact that life happens through those things that we are focused with and stay devoted to. So I wanna read from Acts 2, verse 38. I'm gonna read from my Bible here up until Acts 2, verse 47. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and he continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. And those people, and this here's the encouragement for you and our friends. 
This is what the believers did at that time in the midst of persecution, in the midst of change. The community gathered together and they did this. Acts 2 verse 42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And the response and the outworking was this. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and now we know that's for all of us. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. So friends, I wanna go through these five devotions that you and I should never ever take our, our eyes off. Uh, it should be a practice in our homes. It, should be, it shouldn't only be a practice that we do when we gather on a Sunday. Things are changing in the world. Things are changing so much that we don't know if we're gonna be gathering all the time. But when one thing we can do is we can gather in our homes and we can disciple our families. We can be discipled by one another. And my reminder today is, Let's go back to the things that we do know. So I wanna speak about teaching. I wanna speak about fellowship, breaking of bread. I wanna speak about the prayers. I wanna speak about generosity as an encouragement today. So let's work through these. I wanna talk about teaching. The apostolic teaching, teaching that you receive, teaching that you're learning from, the instruction that you're getting that's changing your life. Friends, no better way to get instruction from the word of God no better way to allow the Holy Spirit to teach you. The promise of the Holy Spirit is gonna lead you, guide you, and teach you, and he's gonna remind you of all things that Jesus has said and done. You see, friends, it, it's time that you start to get your own doctrine, your own beliefs, not only on a Sunday, but every single day. Friends, it, it, it's imperative that you and I get back into his word, uh, go back to messages that have encouraged your heart. They're, they're, you can, at the touch of a button you, button, you can get any teaching that you want. But my encouragement is this, is don't get covenant confusion. Don't go because of fear, go and listen to this teaching, or listen to that teaching. Listen to what you know to be true. Go back to the teachings that you know of establishing your heart you see because the instructions that you've received that have have produced life in you that you've learned apply those once applied we need to teach others so friends take your family take your friends your life groups your communities and start talking about the things of God through what you've learned and the teachings again and then, and then it says in fellowship fellowship keep connected Please keep connected, friends. Don't isolate yourself from people. We've got technology. We've got ways and means of how people can keep connected. Yes, when this was written, they were connecting in each other's homes. They, they, they were with each other all the time. They were meeting at the temple courts all the time. Things have changed, but we can still fellowship. We can still stay connected. We can still keep connected. Find your community of faith. And what does that mean? It means that you need to find people, not that you're only socializing with, that not only that we're eating with, but actually a community of faith that can take us on a journey, that we can go on a journey of faith together. It's, it's, it's you and I, we need transformed people in our lives. Transformed people transform people. 
And, 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 and that's where we need to be. I need to have those people around my life. And uh, Barna Research and, and, and Pew Research Center, these are, are, are research centers. They follow Christianity and the trends of Christianity in the world, have placed Christians into three categories. And uh, you need to ask yourself, which one are you? And um, it's probably number three uh, of the, are those who are watching. But anyway, it says they placed into three categories. Uh, cultural Christians, so people who identify as Christians because they're not something else, and they were born historically into a Christian country or home, and they're Christians in their minds because that's just part of their heritage, but there's no fruit, there's no change, and there's no lifestyle. And number two, it's called congregational Christians. It's people who come to church on Christmas Eve, and uh, maybe on the occasional wedding, and they go to a funeral, uh, they don't have a vibrant faith, but they are connected with someone in a local church or a local congregation, and uh, they, they probably go back on Easter, for example, but as a result, uh, what's happened is the church has tried to reach these people instead of staying on the missional mandate to reach the lost. So congregational Christians, so the first one's cultural Christian, uh, the second one is a congregational Christian, and then thirdly, uh, and this is who I need in my life, and this is who we need to get back to is becoming convictional Christians. It's people who ad- identify as Christians. They practice their faith uh, daily. They're more likely to go to church regularly. Uh, they say that they live their values. They align with Christianity. Uh, even the research says, and these guys will choose their spouses based on their faith. And uh, the, the research says they're known for their faith based on their lifestyle, based on their family, based on their values, based on their ethics of justice, and, and based on their love for their fellow man. So convictional Christians, you know, friends, I need convictional kingdom believers in my life, especially at this time, especially in this era that we're living in, in this time that we're living in. I need people in my life that believe in a God of all things possible. I need people in my life who will believe with me for a miracle if I need it. I, I need people in my life that I can call when I'm in need or when there's trauma or there's failure, if there's emergencies. Who do you need in your life? I, I, I need people that I can call for, for prayer and for wise counsel. I need people in my life who don't judge and aren't easily offended. I need people who I can call in my life when I'm in weakness or when you're tempted. Who do you need in your life at this time? Uh, we need safe people, people who pull you up and don't pull you down. It's, I, I realize this, friends, you know, we, we need people in our life that don't measure us by what we do, but they measure us by who we are and who God says we are and what we call to. You see, at this time, performance-based people are very unhelpful when you're vulnerable, I need people in my life who speak the truth in love and are not afraid of mess and they're not afraid of my moments of unbelief but I know I can go to them. I I need believers in my life who will point me back to Jesus, to righteousness by faith, grace that empowers change in my own convictions, uh, points me back to the Holy Spirit and to fellowship with the Holy Spirit and guidance by and in and through the Holy Spirit and back to the goodness of God consistently even when things don't seem good. You see, friends, I I need 
believers in my life that I can imitate and that I can align, I can align my life with. So after fellowship, after you found your people of faith, friends, the, one of the greatest reminders for me to you is, is we need to be breaking bread. You know, we, we can't be those congregational Christians that break bread only when it's offered on a Sunday at our church because we're not gathering. So break bread, friends. Yes, the reality is it, it brings us to remember Jesus. Jesus said this, do this as often as you remember me. Friends, that's daily. That, that could be daily. It's, it's, it's bringing this practice back into our home because it makes Jesus our full focus again. You see, when we break his body, it's speaking of health and wholeness. We break out his broken body for your wholeness. That is a, the great exchange that Jesus was saying. This is my body broken for you. And then he speaks of this, this new covenant that he's going to establish. But his body was broken that you and I can experience health and wholeness. And the more you do that, the more we acknowledge his promises that are for us. His blood, it's, it's we're reminded that we are forgiven. We're reminded that we're the righteousness of God. We, we're reminded that we're a part of a new covenant with new promises. We're we reminded of the new creation. We're reminded of our sonship. We're reminded that we heirs. We have, we have an inheritance with him, friends. You see, his body broken for your wholeness. His body broken for uh, family's wholeness. For not only for, for, for sickness, but, but emotionally and, and, and mentally. Just it, He brings peace back into our home. Breaking bread, remembering Jesus. And, and friends, do this often. We... We have need to teach our children the power and the value of, of communion. There are great teachings. And George, a couple of months ago, he did and a phenomenal message on breaking of bread. Go to Harvest Podcast. Listen to that, friends. You see, remembrance brings revelation. Revelation brings right, uh, revitalization to you. And remembrance is going to bring rest. We need to find rest in our hearts and in our souls at this time. And, and breaking bread is, is such an important part of our life. It's a so important part of our faith. It's, it's the acknowledgement of what Jesus has fully accomplished on our behalf. Friends, break bread and phone people and say, listen, I want to break bread with you. Those who know are sick, those who are battling, let me break bread with you. And then allow yourself to, to speak words of, of encouragement and prophesy and, and, and bring life into those those families' lives. And when, when you gather together, before you eat your meals, break bread together. Break bread, friends. I, I, I can't encourage this enough to bring this beautiful practice that is not a ritual without life. It's revelation that produces revitalization and rest. And you know, in Acts 2 verse 42, and it says, the breaking of bread and the prayers. You know, I've realized, friends, so sometimes we don't pray because we get stuck and we, we don't know how to pray, but the Bible speaks so much about different kinds of prayers. And I want to start off with this, that when you pray and you're praying for someone or you're praying through something, understand that Jesus is a mediator. We don't have to stand in the gap because Jesus stood in the gap. Jesus is the mediator and that he has defeated sin, he's defeated death, and he's defeated the enemy. And that is our starting place 
when we start praying. That is our starting place. When, when you go into the intimate prayer closet, where you're alone, you are sitting with God, you're praying and you're praying things through, you're being vulnerable, it's intimate, it's, it's quiet. You're taking the promises of God and you're working through the promises of God. You desire to experience Him, experiencing His presence, experiencing His promises. And then you can move to declarative prayer where you take His names, like I said in the beginning. We take His names, we take His promises and we declare it. The more you declare it, the more it renews your mind, the more it persuades your heart of what God has done in Christ as you declare. And we've got intercessors, we've got intercessory prayer where they go into these places and they pray for a country, they pray for a church. They, you go and intercede on behalf of, of other people, understanding that Jesus is a mediator, but you take His promises and you pray on behalf of other people. And friends, then there's warfare prayer. Warfare prayer is not us screaming and shouting. It's actually bringing lies and strongholds into the obedience of Christ. What happens is we take those things, we acknowledge them as lies, we acknowledge them as strongholds, we acknowledge them as from the enemy, and we bring them into obedience of Christ. That's what warfare prayer is about. It's, it's, it helps you renew your mind. It helps you acknowledge. It helps you discern what the lies, what the lies are and what truth is and you bring that into obedience of Christ and you speak truth over those lies. And we've got prophetic prayer. I've got a lot of prophetic people that prophetic prayer, they, we, they, they, they give you these things that we can pray for, pray for our city, pray for our nation, pray for, for households. A prophetic prayer, they give words and declarations that we can pray. And then the Bible speaks about pray for the sick. Uh, it speaks of Ephesians, bring those who are sick, bring them to the elders of the church, anoint them with oil, and the prayer of faith will see those people raised up. And, and friends, but you have the ability to pray for the sick as well. Pray for the sick, pray, declare, if you have opportunity to lay your hands on the sick to see them recover, is pray for the sick. And friends, then you take the word, and as you're reading, you're praying the word of God, that's Prayer. There, there's, and then there's public prayer. There's prayer that we, we do together. So when we're breaking bread together, we get to pray together. See, friends, this is a community response again where the enemies wanted to pull and cause us to become individualized and, 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 and isolated from the very thing that he calls the community of faith. You and I can make a stand and we can go, actually, I want to align. I want to get my life back in order. I want to find my community of faith and I want to pray together. I want to fellowship together. I want to break bread together. I, I want to I discuss doctrine and teaching with, with those that I love, those that I'm in relationship with. And friends, one of the, the most powerful prayers is praying in tongues. You've been filled with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is in you. The Spirit of God is in you. Tongues is in you. And the Bible says we pray, and Paul says he prays in tongues because it builds yourself up. And uh, we build yourself up in Jude. It says build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. And, and those are some of the prayers that uh, it, we are encouraged to pray. Friends, if you, if you haven't and there's been despondency and there's been disappointment, there's been disillusionment. We haven't seen the promises of God and we see the pandemic and loved ones are dying. Friends, just start engaging again. Just the, the, one of the best postures that, that helps me pray is just getting on my knees 
and just starting to engage and then I take out my word and then uh, over the years I've just got, I've got prayer cards and I've got these things that really help establish my heart again and then point me in a direction of what I can target and what I can pray for. Um, phone us, friends, if you're in need and you need us to pray, phone. We've got a pastoral team and we've got a, a much bigger and wider team with our life group leaders that we can, we can get together and we can pray for you and we can pray alongside you and we can partner with you for you and for your loved ones. So friends, they devoted themselves, devoted themselves to healthy doctrine, healthy teachings, healthy instruction that not only that we're receiving, but we're applying and we're teaching others. They devoted themselves to remaining connected, remain in fellowship, remain. Uh, be vulnerable, open yourself up, connect yourself to people of faith, friends, and, and break bread with one another. Break bread with one another. Pray with one another. It's a reminder for us to come together. And the fifth point that I want to remind us of, and I'm going to read it again to us, and it says this. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds of all and to anyone who had need. And day by day, attending the temple and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Friends, I wanna say, keep your generosity and keep your heart open. You see, generosity here was birthed from thankful, joyful, generous hearts and they wanted to serve the community that they were a part of. So friends, I wanna say thank you, Harvest Community. You are an incredibly, incredibly generous people. And I wanna say if you aren't free in your giving, where you are currently, find a community that you can be free to give cheerfully to and not out of compulsion, friends. It's, it's a generous community, friends. Because of your generosity, we as a church have been able to serve and love those who have been in need, who are part of Harvest Family and who are not a part of Harvest Family but are connected with us in the communities that we've get to, to, to partner with and that we've chosen to partner with. So I wanna say thank you for your generosity. Keep generosity going friends the encouragement friends is it is a devotion friends we we thank you for it we it, it frees something in your own heart look for opportunity look for family members look for people around you generous with your words generous with your time generous with your resources generous with your prayers generous with your heart in wanting to give back to those who that you know who are in need around you. So friends, these five things, these are reminders again. As Peter said, it's I wanna remind you of something that you already know, that you're already doing, that you're already convinced of, and a truth that you're already living in. Let's just do that for those that we know are around us. Keep doing it, keep doing it in your own home. Bring your family into it. You know, fathers and mums, you the teachers of the word of God in your own home. So let these things be in the front of your mind as we start this year, being firm. It's a reminders, remember, are revelation to us and revelation brings revitalization and revitalization brings rest and you need rest, rest in our hearts, rest 
assured that you know who he is. Good teachings. Stay connected. Keep breaking bread, friends. Keep your praying and praying for the others, praying for your family, and let's keep our generosity open as a reminder for 2021. And uh, to end this, and I'm gonna pray for us, I wanna share from Jude, verse 24 and 25, and it says this, now to him, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, be majesty, be dominion and authority before all time and now and forever. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you, friends. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you, Spirit of God, as you unction us and you remind us that in this time that the world is changing and feels like it changes every single day and protocols and life and decisions are being made for us, I thank you, Father, that your unchanging biblical realities, principles, power, and protocols are for our life and for the benefit of our lives. Father, I thank you for this community of faith, these believers. I thank you for every household. I thank you, Father, for your favor. I thank you that peace remains. And I thank you, Father, for this year that us as believers will stand out in our faith and our strength and that people will be added to this body daily because of the faith and the example and the attraction that we are because of who we believe in. So Father, thank you for your favor, your grace, and your blessing upon us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.